Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of the 1020 Shop Talk podcast. Uh, today we're talking to Living on Wheels. Joe, is it Husker? Hunsaker. Hunsaker. Sorry, yeah. I, I've never actually took the time to read it. We're talking That's to right. him. He's got a YouTube channel that talks about his his truck builds is how it started. Uh, and it kind of looks like it's morphed into not just truck builds, but maybe uh, renovations and farm life and things like that too. So we'll get into that. But I appreciate you listening. If you're looking for parts for your power stroke, you can go to 1023s.com. We've got anything you really need for your 7.3. But before you buy, I always recommend giving us a call or setting up a build plan. It's super simple. Go to our website, 1023s.com, and right on the main menu is uh, plan your build. And you can go there. You can fill out a, a form. You can schedule a call, and we can talk about what it is you're looking to try to accomplish before you spend money. So, with all that said, what's up, Joe? Not a whole lot. Finished the work day. Happy to be done with it. Now on to the second job of this kind of thing. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I I think, I mean, that's why, that's why we're doing this is because of YouTube. What is it? You've been on YouTube for about two years, it looks like. Yeah, right about um, and And, like, honestly, it's pretty good. You've been pretty consistent, like... I look back and you had you you had videos from like day one and have been consistent ever since. Most YouTube channels, like they're like they post a video here and then in six months. So don't 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 look at us. We're that way. <laughs> um, you know you you've been consistent from like day one. And uh, like what what drove you to decide to do? facebook or to do youtube like why did you start posting videos on youtube consistently so i guess kind of what pushed me into doing it was i enjoy watching diesel content and kind of consuming knowledge that way um Mm -hmm. not only some of it's entertaining i I basically don't watch any tv um i kind of stick to the online stuff and so i I started watching all these different diesel channels and automotive channels and other types of channels. Um, and I, I constantly found myself thinking like, man, that'd be so cool to live their kind of life. They're doing this full time. They're just doing what they love. Um, yep. And I don't know how many years I told myself that I was like, man, this would be really cool. That That's like a dream job. That's awesome. And I always kind of told myself I couldn't do it. And then I got to the point where I'm finally like, why the heck am I not doing this? Like, what's the worst that can possibly happen? I look like mm-hmm. an idiot on the on the internet for a little while, and <laughs> it doesn't work out, and I keep going back to what I've been doing. And so I figured, what the heck, might as well give it a try. If I can give it my best shot and have the chance at living my dream life and kind of doing my dream job, why not? Um, there's mm-hmm. almost... There's almost no risk in failing when it comes to this thing. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Um, yeah. Worst case scenario, you delete your channel and then nobody knows. Exactly, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and especially because I already knew I was going to be kind of doing a lot of the stuff I'm already doing, all these different projects and cool things I'm doing. Granted, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be doing it at the pace I'm doing it to make content, but... I already knew I loved doing this stuff and I was going to be doing it anyways. So it's not that I was like making this much bigger investment to go into something that I'll never get back. I'm enjoying the stuff I'm doing. So the, the cost of failure was pretty low. And so I figured what the heck might as well go through and give it a shot. Yeah. What have you, what have you found that's um, like, what's the most motivating for you to stay consistent making youtube videos because you've been really consistent like is it is it it money is it uh is it the attention is it uh you know the the people that you're able to go back and help later like what is it that makes you consistent about it it's definitely not the attention um it's kind of funny because i'm a super like if you met me in person i'd be pretty quiet until we're like really close friends i'm a really quiet guy and so the fact that i'm actually making youtube videos is kind of ironic but I would say the attention is definitely not the motivation. I think it's twofold. I've always found myself helping people out um, mm-hmm. and sharing my knowledge, whether they like it or not. Um, it's kind of <laughs> one of those. It's kind of one of those things that if you ask me if I wanted to be a teacher, there's not a chance I would ever say, "Yeah, I want to be a teacher." 
but you put somebody into a spot where they're passionate about something and they're going to share their knowledge. And that's kind of what I found with this kind of stuff is I, I love learning about this kind of thing. And I always have a tough time editing my videos because I'm just rambling on more and more about all this different (laughs) stuff. And so it's being able to share that and help people out is really cool. Being able to work with people online and get the messages and exchange and help people with their builds is super cool. And then I can't deny that part of the motivation was for those that don't know, you can make a profit off of YouTube and make a living off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by no means am I anywhere close to that. Uh, still work a full-time job to support it. But my part of my motivation was to build the channel to a point where even if it didn't become my full-time job, which as of right now, I don't expect it to, but I can use what I'm making off of it to help support my hobby. So I'm putting in the work so I figured I might as well put in just a little bit extra work or a lot of bit extra work in some case and mm. get some return and have it support what I enjoy. Um, so I guess it's not much different than anybody else picking up like a side job on the weekends or doing some work for people on the weekends to buy their truck parts. I'm kind of doing the same thing. It's just in a different form. Yeah, I think that's cool. And uh, I mean, what what's kind of attracted me to uh, to you anyway, I I'll be honest, other than a few things here and there, and then this week kind of going back, because I knew we were going to talk. I went back and watched a bunch of your videos. and, and uh, Hopefully not too early. They're pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of it. I, I yeah. get it. Um, we're still early on YouTube too, so I understand. But like, I, I, think it's, I think it's cool that you're doing it. And there's, um, there's a lot of knowledge out there that people aren't sharing or they're sharing in a way, um, that is just fit for an audience that doesn't need to hear it. Maybe I may have a saying that wrong, but, um, just going back and I watched probably 10 of your videos, you know, over the last week. And, um, there's so much stuff in there where, where I can, I can see in what you're saying that you have, like you said, a passion to just help people like understand things that needs to be understood. Um, like I, I know you're on Facebook too. And so you, and that's where you usually like, I, I see a lot of comments and stuff where, um, the same thing is explained, you know, 10 times or a hundred times or a thousand times over and over every day, the same thing over and mm-hmm. over. And a lot of what you cover in your progress of your truck builds, um, is answering the questions that people have. And so like looking looking at, you know, what it takes for, for a business in the case of YouTube for you, it is, you know, you're looking to make it, it is a business and you're looking to make it a, hopefully a full-time business at some point. I hope that works out. Um, but you share a lot of information that's useful and I, I think that's invaluable. And that's, that's really what we're doing here, right? This is, this is the point of this whole, this podcast and everything. I'm just like you. I don't like, like if it was my choice, I wouldn't ever talk to people and I wouldn't interact with humans in <laughs> capacity. Uh-huh. But at a certain point, you just have to be comfortable with like, like I know something or I can learn something. I'm willing to put the work in to help. Uh, and I want to share that information to help people. And so yeah. um, I think it's cool that you're doing that. I appreciate it. It's It's been pretty cool to have the interaction with some of the subscribers, especially some that have been with the channel for quite a while that uh, watching their truck progress build, I get emails and stuff and pictures of people building their trucks and some of them are doing way beyond what i'm doing and i'm, I'm kind yeah. of helping them along with the basics uh but uh it's pretty awesome to kind of have that relationship and see how it it is all growing together uh, which is pretty cool and it's working well because you had you had said a year ago it would have been right about a year ago i don't know what the date was uh that you had ten thousand subscribers after one year and then you're at almost 15,000 yeah. as of today at two years. So mm-hmm. um, I would say it's going pretty good. Yeah, it's it's YouTube is a really hard thing to – you can't compare yourself to others. I'll put it that way no. because the vast majority of the channels that you're watching and popping up online are the channels that have really hit it big and they're moving along quickly. And so you see some channels that they're at a hundred thousand subscribers in the first year. You see some channels that are at 500,000 or a million in the first year. And so it's a really tough mental battle to mm-hmm. not try to compare yourself to others and more look back to see where you've come from. And that's where I try to focus myself on is because in the scheme of things, I'm tiny 
when it comes to YouTube, but compared to how I was two years ago, um, it's been pretty awesome to watch the growth where it's almost the growth rate has almost doubled every single year. And so I'm hoping yeah. to keep up that, that trend and keep things and going. I, I want to say I misspoke there. It was six months ago that you hit 10,000 Yeah, and you've half that again, uh, from 10,000 to almost 15,000 in six months. So yeah. my apologies. No, you're good. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's really cool. You know, so you've moved from a seven, three to a Cummins now, yeah. uh, which I'm, I've done that too, but I'm just saying you made the wrong choice. <laughs> um, and then into, uh, to looks like house renovating a house, a farmhouse you bought. Yeah. Uh, so is your, is your journey through YouTube? Cause I, I bring this up because like it's, it's, when you see somebody on YouTube for any reason, uh, a podcast, like we do whatever, like whatever, whatever format you're, you're, uh, consuming content where you're listening or viewing something, um, you see what's being told and not what's driving the person to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of, I guess I just want to dig into why you're doing what you're doing and what keeps you consistent. Um, your YouTube channel started because of the trucks. It did. Um, because that was the thing you had. And now you're going to the house. Is it, is the channel just that? Is it just whatever you're interested in and then moving forward or what? So this could be a very long answer. Um, we got all day. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I'll work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it kind of started as, I guess my whole premise behind the channel I guess I should, let me start with the name of the channel. We'll start at the very beginning. Start with the name of the channel. Um, It's called Living on Wheels. Uh, For those that haven't seen it, I'm actually in a wheelchair, and we'll probably talk more about that later in the podcast. But it's called Living on Wheels for two reasons. And one one of the reasons is not something I think most people kind of comprehend or realize, and I don't expect them to, is obviously I'm in a wheelchair, so I'm kind of living on wheels. Uh, But two was... I am after I got hurt and I got put in a wheelchair, life gets kind of miserable in certain ways. And it was a number of years until I got back into a vehicle and back into driving. And it was back when I got into the truck for the first time and actually drove myself around that everything felt normal. And I just Mm -hmm. felt alive. Like I, I felt like I was living again. And so living on wheels, that is the second kind of premise behind the channel name, which most people don't understand and I don't expect them to, but so it's kind of a a two edged sword there. And so going on from there, it was living on wheels. I'm in a wheelchair, living on wheels. I have a huge passion for automotive stuff. And so my goals behind the channel is to do stuff I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. If I'm not passionate, I'm going to say this right now. If you're not passionate about something you're trying to put on YouTube, you're not going to be successful. Uh, This, this game is way too hard and puts in or takes way too much work to do something that you're not passionate about. And so my whole goal behind the channel is to continue to do things that I'm passionate about. And I don't anticipate my automotive passion will ever disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, I love decent trucks. I also would love to own a uh, C7 Corvette one day. Um, if I happen to buy one, you're going to see that on the channel. Um, as far as the homestead stuff that you just started to see, it's, I finished up college not that long ago. And so I started the channel while I was still in college. Um, and then I just ended up purchasing my first piece of property. And now that I have that other part of my life, um, I figure, it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I'm going to be doing anyways. I love, I don't only watch automotive content. I love the more uh, rural country life, homestead type stuff. And it's a really fine balance because those are very two hard genres to kind of merge. And I'm still deciding whether I'm going to keep it on one channel or not. <laughs> um, but I want to take people along my journey of what I'm passionate about and what I'm doing and what I'm building give them the motivation per se of showing them that if I can do it, you guys can do it as well. Work mm-hmm. towards what you're passionate about and you'll achieve what you want to achieve. I think that's amazing. I mean, the, 
man, I complain about life a lot. I hurt my foot last week and it's all wrapped up and I'm like, I'm, I'm hobbling around. I'm like, I'm like look like an idiot. I'm just like, man, this is, this is terrible. I can't, I can't go running in the morning. I can't whatever. And, uh, and then turn on your channel and you're like building trucks and fixing up a house in a wheelchair. I'm like, I got to really stop complaining. <laughs> you're doing pretty good. So I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it as well. My goal is not to make people feel bad about it. Everybody's got problems. And for some people, their problems are way worse than mine in some areas. And I got physical problems that are worse than others. Um, but I think just motivation of all your passions in general is a, a thing that I can help push people to do. Yeah. So what, I mean, if you're willing to talk about it, what, what happened? I mean, it sounds like, yeah. I, I guess I had the assumption because I didn't see it mentioned a lot in your videos, like, really anything about how you got there, why you're in a wheelchair, whatever. It's just like, um, it's just the status of who you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, what happened that landed you in a wheelchair? So my senior year of high school, I guess growing up, I was a pretty avid athlete. Um, once I got into the high school, I kind of really put my foot on the gas and that was my passion at the time. I mean, I was, I would practice before school, work out during school, practice after school. And that was my life every single day for all of high school. And my senior year of high school, I was in a wrestling match and I ended up getting put in a bad position and I broke my neck and it was mm. immediately like my entire body just shut off at that point. Um, mm. I knew exactly what had happened. I mean, if you've ever broken a large bone in your body, you kind of know the sound of it. And so you can mm -hmm. kind of imagine what that's like in your neck. Um, so, I mean, broke my neck, felt my whole body shot off. And that's kind of the story of how it, how it all started. Um, I've been pretty lucky over the course of recovery. I've had some people comment on this in the channel. It was like, he's in a wheelchair. How the heck does he stand up and do all these things? Or I see him standing up, but he's in a wheelchair. What the heck? And I, I would imagine a very small few of them think I'm like trying to fake it for pity or something or whatnot. <laughs> um, it's too much work to fake that kind of thing. It's the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that, anything, but... that is the internet. Um, so I've been extremely blessed in my recovery and I've had some opportunities to work with some rehab centers that have given me the opportunity that I was able to regain a lot of function back that I was never supposed to be able to have. Um, like I said, I broke my neck and, kind of a misconception that if you break your neck, you're paralyzed from your neck down. Um, if you do it high enough, that's true. But then there's some other issues where I broke my neck. I basically had partial use of my arms, no use of my hands and everything from about my chest down was paralyzed. Um, and so over the course of the first year or so, uh, first year or two after I got hurt, slowly started getting some things back going through some really intense uh, therapy. I actually, Broke my neck eight eight months later. I'd already been accepted into college, and I was like, I'm going to do this thing. So I went to college, did a term, and then I get a call, and they're saying, hey, we got an opportunity for you to come do this special study. You'd be, I think I was the 21st in the nation to ever do it. Hmm. And they said, would you be willing to do it? I'm like, yes, but give me two weeks to finish my finals, and then I'll, <laughs> then I'll uh, drive back down there. And so I went down there, and... Like I said, I've been very, very blessed. Um, I went in having basically no real function from my chest down to half a year later, I was able to stand up with help uh, with crutches and people helping me up and stuff. And over time, as I've just lived life, um, people always ask me if I continue to do therapy to try to recover. And to be honest, I'm, I'm too busy working on stuff to try to do therapy every single day. Um, and yeah. so I kind of treat life as therapy, working on my truck as therapy, making myself stand and lean over my engine bay uh, for hours on end is therapy. And so over time, I've slowly gotten enough recovery that I've been able to get back and do more and more stuff. And I've been pretty lucky in that realm of things. Well, and there's got to be, I, I would imagine anyway, like, like with your life changing like that to, in a way that you wouldn't have ever thought, there's got to be times where... Um, even though obviously you have a incredibly good attitude about it. Like it's like, if you don't have something you're trying to accomplish, um, it could be pretty depressing. Yeah. yeah and I imagine that probably drives a lot of your, your motivation well, to keep working on YouTube. And for sure. I would say the first year after I got hurt, it was 
miserable. Absolutely. I, I didn't have enough function to hardly do anything on my own. I couldn't even get mm. dressed on my own at that point. So you, you can think what your, your level of life would be and mm. motivation to try to do stuff would be. And it kind of, one thing that kind of helped me was because I broke my neck when I was 17. I wasn't like working for a job where I got hurt, where they're paying me to live from then on out. I wasn't old enough that I've been paying taxes for many years. And I got the government to take care of me after I got hurt. I got hurt at 17. I signed a waiver when I started wrestling saying I wasn't going to sue anybody when it happened. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have much of a choice. Um, life kind of, I, I take it as a blessing at this point that, I either was going to be miserable and drag people down with me because I would have dragged people down with me, my family for the most part and Mm -hmm. made them take care of me for the rest of my life. Or I could figure my shit out and make something happen. And the athlete in me and the competitiveness of me and the drive I had, I still wanted to achieve things and I still wanted to, do things with my life and so that's that's kind of what helped motivate me was i wasn't ready to just roll or throw in the towel and uh call it quits Mm -hmm. that's Um, awesome yeah that's motivating for those of us that don't have a disability other than our our mental mindset (laughs) because that takes a lot of mental power to get through that well if it makes anybody feel better People are always like, well, you could like work out more in the evenings and it might help you out and you get stronger. Like, well, you could also work out too. So I, yeah. I could work out <laughs> as much as you guys and I choose not to most of the time. And so I'm You can't kidding. sit back at 350 yeah. pounds and tell me I need to work out more, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm getting chunky too if I don't work out. So uh, yeah. it's kind of, I'm living the same struggles. It's just a little bit different. So before we talk about your truck, what, uh, the first truck, I should say, the the seven three you started the channel on. Yeah. Um, what do you do for work? You don't have to tell me where you work. Just what do you? Yeah, do? yeah. So I uh, I work for a Fortune five hundred company on the supply chain side of things, of mm-hmm. kind of just tracking inventory stuff all around the world. Um, it's a desk That's a job. Of a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Getting put in a wheelchair, going and doing some blue collar job isn't as much of an option anymore. Some people do it, and I totally uh, uh, give them credit for doing that. But for the it's most part, pretty hard to be a roofer in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Or a, I was I was really close to going to heavy diesel school or being a heavy diesel mechanic after high school, and life changed, and so it was a good thing I applied for college anyways. Um, but right now, I work for a a big tech company basically. And I help uh, track inventory all over the world. So I'm looking at spreadsheets and numbers all day, every day. Buddy, in so many ways, you're a better man than me. (laughs) Ways I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, maybe now you guys realize why doing this kind of miserable stuff is therapy for me. (laughs) So I get out from behind the desk and I get actually do something where I see the the fruits of my labor. Yeah. So, was the the seven three you started the channel with? Was it maroon? Yeah, is it, it, was, the, right, is it the right color? Was it Ford calls like it with colors? Dark Torridor red. We'll call it maroon. All right, maroon works. Yeah. <laughs> so, bef- uh, was that was the maroon seven three? Was that your first diesel? No. So that you started uh, playing with it was not. So before that, I actually had a gold. It's funny. So my the maroon one that everybody knows was a two thousand F two fifty seven point three power stroke. I bought before that the first truck I bought after I got hurt was a 2000 F250 7.3 liter power stroke that was gold, but two wheel drive because it was lowered to the ground so I could actually get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had that gold one for probably close to a year. Uh, my family always gives me crap for not sticking with a vehicle for very long. Um, <laughs> that red one was the longest time I've ever owned a truck, um, but I had the gold one and I got strong enough that I could get in and out of it easy. And there's a couple of times I got stuck just doing stuff out here in the country. And I'm like, I can't stand not having four wheel drive anymore. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'll put a little bit of money into this, but that's okay. We're going to throw it to the side and pick up a, a new truck. That was before I even, that was still in the phase of like, there's no way I'll ever start a YouTube channel uh, mindset. And so Sold the gold F250. It was 
probably in better shape and a better runner than my red one. Um, I hate to admit it, but it was, um, and broke out pretty darn close to even on picking up my red one. I was able to get it for a good deal. So that kind of helped me get the motivation. And then, yeah. And then not too long after that, the YouTube channel started. Hmm. So when I, what was the first thing? I, I guess I didn't go back and look at that. Um, you had bought tuning. I know you bought tuning from us back like mid 2020, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, was that at the time you first upgraded injectors from stock on it? Yes. So, well, no. So actually, yes, it was. So on the red F250, I had on the gold F250, I tried a TS chip with generic tunes from uh hydra that's where everybody starts yeah that's just how it, it was i think it was the, like the ts phoenix or something it was hydra's first ts chip that they had that it was actually pretty hard to find um and for some reason i was still young in my knowledge and i decided to buy that and it was a good chip but it was cane tunes and i don't know if it's caned or canned but can tunes and it was all right but when i upgraded to my new truck i knew i wanted to go with the hydra at that point and i think i started with generic high or tuned from hydra so the gold truck i started with ts chip and then when i bought the red truck at that point i had learned enough and done enough reading online that i realized hydra was by far the better option Mm -hmm. and so i bought the hydra and i had the stock tuning on it from uh, php um and for the most part i was pretty darn happy with it for a stock truck and everything it's a large improvement over what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was before, I think even that was before I started the YouTube channel. Um, I don't even remember what my first mod was on the channel. I'd have to check, but it wasn't too long after that. I already had my edge CTS monitor in my gold truck and I stole that and brought it into my new one. Um, and so I think when I started the YouTube channel it was right after I did the gigantic fuel system modifications that kind of changed everything away from stock and went to a full built fuel system, which is, I think those were right near the beginning of my YouTube channel was doing that fuel system. Mm-hmm. Um, from that, for those that don't know, that was the, the fuel system from CNC fab, uh, the four line feed kit. And, um yeah that was kind of that was the first time i really dug deep into starting to change things on the truck so i was to ask are you are you doing all of this work no no um i i so you guys have probably seen some people here and there in the channel um thankfully i have some family members that are willing to suffer through me uh dragging them <laughs> into some of these projects um i'm Probably my biggest limitation right now is one, getting all the way up on top of the engine to do stuff like way back by the turbo. That's really hard to do. And doing stuff underneath the truck uh, because getting down and up off the ground is a real royal pain in the ass. Um, So on the new property, I keep saying this, I'm planning on building a shop with a two post lift. And I can't tell you how excited I am because that opens up a whole another realm of stuff that I can do myself and I don't have to ask people for help because I don't like asking people to do things for me, especially jobs that like these that aren't exactly the most fun for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I do have some help with people helping out, but I do try to do just about everything I possibly can myself, which usually ends up taking two to four times longer, but <laughs> I'd rather do it myself than ask somebody for help for, for better or worse. From, from the chip, uh, you went to, I know you did injectors, you did tuning. Um, did that truck have a stock transmission in it? It did. And it still does. Um, so the truck had, I think 106,000 miles on it when I bought it. So relatively low, uh, for the engine, very low for the transmission. I would say midlife if it's taken care of. Um, and so I never put a built transmission in it. Um, one of the reasons I put injectors in when I did before doing the built transmission was I think the previous owner of the truck didn't quite stay up to date on all his filters and fluid changes and everything. So I was getting some really bad injector knock, uh, for my stock injectors in that truck. And 
knowing what I know now, I probably could have run them for quite a while longer, but um, I made, I was like, all right, I brought it in. They scanned it. I got the number two and number eight failed contribution test, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. Most trucks get those. Um, And so I'm like, all right, well, I, I, I need to buy injectors. And I really wanted to build the truck up to like, 500 ish horsepower but i'm like i can't put injectors and a new transmission in right now and i can't go up to 500 horsepower and do the uh put it all together at once and so i was doing the injectors before i was planning to and so i said you know what i'm just going to try to build this to be as reliable as i possibly can and keep it fairly mild um it was my daily driver um all these projects i'm working on are currently my daily driver which sucks um but that that was kind of how it was. And so ended up replacing the injectors with the 160 uh, CC 0% nozzles, AC code injectors. Um, and it was kind of going through that process that I really learned a ton about the mm-hmm. whole injection and fuel system part of these trucks. Um, and that's, that's kind of how all my learning goes on these trucks is people always ask how I know all this, all this random crap about these things and all this stuff. I'm I'm the kind of guy that I over research things to a point where it's ridiculous, but I want to know everything I'm getting into before I do it. And I still learn stuff after the fact that I'm like, man, I wish I would have known that beforehand. Uh, you guys <laughs> see that all the time on the channel. Um, but that's when I learned a whole bunch about the fuel system. And if I were to ever go back and do it again, I would have just thrown in hybrids and had them detuned by somebody like you. Um, but at the time I wasn't quite comfortable with that fact. And so I ended up not, I got some, a brand new set of Alliant injectors from Riff Raff and threw them in the truck and they were awesome. Well, and that's super safe. I mean, you, you throw, you throw stage ones in a truck. It's going to give you a power bump. Um, it's going to be pretty easy to tune. You're not going to sacrifice a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's, there's so, there's so many combinations of parts and setups or whatever. They're going to work for different people. But yeah. uh, stage ones are outside of outside of the fact that like you may want to make more power than what they're capable of. Um, there's really no way to go wrong with them. Yeah, you know, um, as, as an upgrade, they, they really were awesome. I mean, everybody wants a little more power. And that's kind of the the diesel disease or mm-hmm. infection, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they were phenomenal. I mean, I towed with them. I daily drove with them and they, they performed awesome. And I, I said kind of my, I decided that I always give people this advice, decide what power level you want to go before you start buying parts, figure out what Mm -hmm. power level you want. And then there's from there, you kind of narrow down your options, but there's still a ton of ways to get to that specific power level. And so I chose right around the three to 400 mark somewhere between there. And Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be really reliable. And so I went with the AC code injectors because I knew if I ever, for some reason, had an injector dropout, that I could go to any international dealer and say, "Hey, I want some stock seven three injectors," and that's what they would, that's yes. what they would have. Yes. Um, and so I think a lot of people don't think about that aspect of it, but that was very much one of the reasons I chose to go with one sixty zeros instead of one sixty thirties or one sixty eighties. Um, I want man to that is that is that is something not as much on super duties but especially in OBS that is one of the most important things that I wish I wish that somehow I could get that to everyone before they buy crap they don't need um, like picking picking what your goal is because you have to have a, you have to have somewhere you want to get to maybe you don't know what that is yet but like like for anyone you have to know where you're trying to get to mm-hmm. um, to buy the right parts Otherwise, yeah. you're going to buy the wrong crap. Uh, whether it's turbo or injectors or fuel system or H pop or whatever, everything about it. Your tires matter. I mean, you, oh yeah, mm-hmm. every every bit of it matters. And uh, you know, it, the fact that like, especially like if OBS guys that tow a lot and they want reliability, uh, stage one injectors, especially if you get Alliant, you know, uh, AC codes, you you just you can't beat it outside of trying unless you want to make more power than what they're capable of. Uh, that is absolutely the best injector you can buy because they'll run anything from stock 
to, you know, mid 300s if you want it. And frankly, anybody towing, like you're not towing it more than that anyway. So uh, having injectors that can make 500 horsepower is completely useless if you're never, if you're never actually trying to make 500 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're going to see people out there that I have 600 horsepower and I tow 20,000 pounds every day. It's like, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad it works for you, but I'm going with what I know for sure is going to work and do well. It, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah. You can't uh, you can't tell somebody who's had a truck for 20 years to throw, you know, 100 percent nozzle hybrids in it yeah. and be like, yeah, it'll run great. Mine runs fine. Uh huh. Like you're yeah. you're not gonna like it. <laughs> it's gonna be a bad experience. There are so many factors that go into a build that I don't think people, people. I I know for a fact people don't spend enough time planning out their build before you do it, which is one thing yeah. I like about 1023 and your website and everything is you guys, even how things are worded, it's it's worded in a way to make people try to think about that and plan out what they're actually trying to achieve, not just throw the popular injectors that people throw around all the time or throw the big shiny parts on or a full custom fuel system because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys really push planning and what you actually need which is what i enjoy yeah well i live of the belief that uh we're going to we're going to be a successful company or we won't but regardless i'm going to tell the truth and it's going to be the truth as best as i know it which i learn stuff every day too but yeah um i don't think there's a reason to ever uh to ever lose that vision and if it costs us business, it does, but so far it hasn't. So yeah. I'd rather always be, uh, always be on the line of trying to teach people what I know. Cause we, so one of the, one of the podcasts that we're doing in probably three or four weeks is with a, uh, a guy who owns a, um, it's a heavy duty maintenance shop. Okay. Um, and I had no intention of ever, recording anything with him or whatever he actually had planned he had done a build plan um you know he's been a mechanic forever and he's incredibly smart being mechanic does not mean anything to me um there's a lot of mechanics that don't know (laughs) and give a lot of bad advice but uh, he's incredibly intelligent he's a as far as i can tell fantastic mechanic but he had planned he had done a build plan we figured out what to do with this truck and like i appreciate seeing people who um, who do know a lot and could just try to make a decision on their own, be willing to just ask a question to somebody. Cause like, you know, somebody like that, I'm not a mechanic. Like that's, that's a misconception too, that ever, that people have about me or, I mean, we're 1023 diesel. It's not dusty diesel. Like I don't do all of this. We have mechanics that are great. And, uh, and I have a very small window of things that I understand and I'm good at. And if, if teaching people how to buy the right parts is that, then I'm all in on it. As much as I don't like talking to people, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's important that people be able to make good choices. So yeah. that's why we do this. Well, you notice when I got custom tuning from you, I even had revisions done once. And I didn't call you because I didn't, I didn't want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to you. I, anybody that's listening to this, it's much easier just to call them. Uh, don't do it it is it's the, it's the right choice yes it is <laughs> we always appreciate not getting phone calls too so yeah um but we i mean me <laughs> yeah but yeah not a social butterfly over here so we're on the same page there yeah so you did injectors you did turbo you had a video about uh did you do it you did a kc Stage one. Yeah, it is KC stage one. The point four housing. Yep. With your ACs. Did you ever change the AC codes or is that what you mm-hmm. had no, as a, the first upgrade? And, okay. Yeah. So I, I did the injectors and I ran it like that for, I don't know, probably six months, two years or so. And I already knew that I wanted to do a turbo at some point down the road. Um, getting the stage ones pushed me in the direction of what turbos I was going to go with. Um, I wasn't set on KC by any means at first. Um, until I started getting more and more in the the online community, seeing how they interacted with people, seeing uh, how they tested their products. I mean, I'm not going to try to make this an ad. They don't pay me for anything. But I, I, I 
appreciate a quality company. And that's the impression I got from them. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's why I decided to work with them and threw in the stage one, the 63, 68.84 housing. And I don't think it could have paired better with those, uh, stage ones. Now, I haven't run a ton of different setups. You have far more experience with what runs with what. From my personal experience, I think they perform phenomenally together. Um, that's that's a great setup. Like that's that's one of the things I think probably like one of the most common things I see. One of them. There's a lot of them, but um, one of the most common things I see is uh, people buy a bigger turbo, especially with KC. And I'm like, I'll, as a, as a drop in, um, I will always recommend Casey. Like there isn't another company who, like, as you said, does a better job of, uh, designing, manufacturing and supporting their turbos. Nobody does as well. And there's a, I mean, there's a ton of reasons They're They, they're the only company that all of their modified turbos have a, a bigger shaft, which one of the most common things is this the snaps or the shaft snap at the compressor wheel uh where the compressor wheel meets the um the back the back plate on the turbo um and they're they offer a good upgraded like 360 degree journal bearing Mm -hmm. uh turbo which i'm not i've never been a big fan of ball bearing turbos um and their journal bearing turbos are great their ball bearing turbos, I don't have a lot of good to say about it, but I'm glad they don't really sell them anymore. Um, but they've done a great job of supporting them, and they are absolutely the best drop-ins that you can buy. Like, no ads, as you said, just that is the truth. Like, nobody has done as well. Yeah. I think, Sticking uh, a bigger compressor wheel uh, or hogged-out compressor housing on a stock turbo, which is what almost everything else, every other D66 or BD turbo or whatever, every version of a modified, uh, you know, turbo is going to be, uh, other than Casey's and just, I mean, it, like it's so hard to like offer something that doesn't have good support and yeah. they absolutely do a good job of that. I think the support in the diesel community is the most, maybe pro- in, in my opinion, it's probably even better than product quality, but mm-hmm. I'd say they're right on par with each other you have to have the support to back up your products. And I'd say a lot of the really good diesel or the best diesel companies out there, they have the support to back up their products. The ones that don't, I don't want to work with because when something goes wrong, I need to be able to get in touch with them. I need to be able to talk with them. And so that support aspect is a huge thing for me. Uh, It's two things, making the right choices because making the right choices usually limits support. Yeah. So offering the ability to make right the right choices and then offer also offering a good product. Mm-hmm. So three things and then offering a good product that has good support. Yeah. So like I was going to say earlier, people making the wrong choices on buying turbos that are way too big. And that is never a good choice. I think a lot of people were stuck with the old Garrett 38R ball bearing turbo because for a long time, that's kind of what the main turbo on the market was. And that was the hot mm-hmm. thing. And I think that's why KC came out with the ball bearing 38R when they did or yeah. why they did, because that was the trend. And I think a lot of people just bought it because of the name. They're like, Oh, it's mm-hmm. a, it's the new KC 38R ball bearing turbo. Let's get that. And they never actually planned out what they wanted. Um, I've had a ton of people ask me, what turbo should I get with these injectors on? Go to Casey's website, they'll list exactly what injectors they would recommend specifically for that turbo and a range up or down where you should be between. Um, yeah. And people ask me questions all the time, and I go to the manufacturer's website and I look, I'm like, yep, yeah, this is what they say. And I tell them, <laughs> uh, yep. I'm sure you do the same thing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, turbo sizing all the puzzle pieces fit together. And if you don't put them together, right, it's going to be a miserable truck to drive. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think like the general idea that I usually give on videos or whatever is, uh, and I've said a thousand times, it's, you know, this is weird. Like as somebody who does YouTube, you'll probably understand this better than most people. Like talking to new people every day 
like as you see your comments or like for us as people like call in or whatever um, and then like repeating yourself it's so hard to repeat yourself and not feel weird about it even though they've never heard what you said in the last you know uh-huh. 100 times you said it <laughs> yeah super weird but uh, but yeah that that comes in a lot and uh, choosing a choosing a turbo should always be um, that the injectors will determine how much power you can make and your because it's fuel your fuel will determine how much power you can make the, the injectors limit that um, and then your turbo will determine where you're going to make power efficiently mm-hmm. so like you could have stock injectors and put a you know a, a an s364 and a half you know t4 mount turbo on it um, and that would be a great setup I mean you the cool thing with that is like if you're willing to run high rpm you could probably run the truck you know even a super duty in a race tune and it wouldn't probably not even exceed 1200 degrees mm-hmm. like it's, it's a lot of air but it's not going to spool like stock like it's not and it'll be a good driving setup but it's going to be different you could stick you know 23880s on a stock turbo truck it would run I mean, you you could make it work if you're willing to drive around the truck um but it's not ideal and like if your plan isn't to make 550 horsepower then it wouldn't make sense to go that route so i guess my question for you is because obviously like you've been you've been able not working in this industry to make good choices as you went along even before you thought you were making good choices um where is it that you found that that uh was a good way to learn like how how did you come to make the choices you made on injectors and turbos and fuel system and all that? There are for the people listening, there are countless forums out there that have been running for the life of these trucks, which helps us that these trucks have been out for twenty years at this point. Mm-hmm. That there are forums that have been running from basically day one till now that you can go back through and read until you go cross-eyed. And I can't tell you how many nights I did that where I stayed up way too late reading forums online, constantly getting people and take them with a grain of salt because most of them are people's opinions. Um, But with that, you can learn from people's mistakes, learn what worked for people, learn what doesn't work for people. And I would say that's where I get the vast majority of my information is I start there, figure out what's what, where everything's falling. It gives you a pretty good idea. I mean, there's a lot of people that have run basically every setup you can think of out there. And mm-hmm. you just got to have the wiseness. I don't think that's a word, but to fil- filter through the BS of <laughs> what's actually uh, being said and not. And so that's probably where I've learned the most of my information from. And as of the last year, year and a half or so, I've gotten a lot more involved with the Facebook communities. Um, one to help grow the channel but most of you guys, you would probably notice that I don't use my use my living on wheels name on the Facebook communities, and I probably should, but I don't. You should. Um, I know. Um, the the five people that would ever should talk that, like I'll take care of them for you. Yeah, <laughs> faceless. That's kind of a, I've planned on it, and Facebook's been a real pain in the butt for me. Um, yeah. And so setting up accounts is annoying. Um, but besides the fact. I've gotten a lot more involved with those communities now and there's still stuff I'm learning all the time. And so I can't tell you how often I see a post that somebody's asking a question and I don't know the specific answer to, or how exactly I'd answer it, or maybe I just want to see what other people would say. And so I'll just go up to the right corner, click turn on notifications. I won't comment on it or anything. I will just turn on the notifications for that post because I want to see what people are saying about it. And Mm -hmm. so that, I think that's helped me a lot on just, I just want to learn. And so being willing to take the time, put in the effort and have the patience to just absorb knowledge from people, because there are people that are far more experienced in this than I am. And so turn on the notifications and see what people say and filter through the BS. That's hard to do though. Like, I mean, as, as somebody who like very, I don't, like I said, I don't understand a lot about many things, but when it comes to building, you know, seven threes or diesels, like, uh, I certainly have learned a lot and it's very hard 
to look at Facebook groups where people comment stuff where it's like what you're saying it's not wrong but you're not answering it correctly like mm-hmm. the person the person who's asking is coming from a perspective where they don't know anything yeah about what they're asking you know um or or whatever whatever it may be but like the the answers that come in are not like uh, uh they're not like set right for, relative to how the question was asked Mm-hmm. And so, um, that becomes kind of hard to like Facebook is a hard place to learn from. Same thing with forums. I would say almost more so with forums because you're looking at like from like a mechanical standpoint, like if you're looking at what, what does a code mean or whatever, like there's a lot of stuff that's, it doesn't matter when you read it. Um, but there's a lot on forums where you're looking at stuff that's 10 or 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And like, it may not, like if you're looking at like performance parts now, like that may, may not, not be, be a place to yeah. learn a lot. It's not from. practical. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the stuff that was there may not be, you know, in existence anymore, and there may be better stuff. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, Facebook kind of is hard. So how do you how do you figure out like what's what's like maybe true and isn't? Um, is it just a matter of like you've learned over time like how to pull the right information? Like yeah. figure out who th- knows what they're talking about? Or I totally agree with you because there is so much bad information out there um i think a lot of it has been or a chunk of it has been i've done all this research and then i've been applying it myself uh, mm-hmm. granted only on one truck so i can't a lot of people ask me about a ton of different setups i'm like from what i know this is what i can recommend but i only have my own experience and so it's it's tough i mean like I was saying on Casey's website, they have a lot of their dyno sheets listed on their website. They have a lot on all their product pages. They have their recommendations on it. And so just going off of just what the manufacturers recommend with different setups helps. When I was Mm -hmm. going through trying to decide what to do with my fuel system, I went through, I can't tell you how many times I cycled through all the different manufacturers' websites because there's tons of people (laughs) that build fuel systems. Got a lot of tabs open. Yeah. And it was over the course of weeks at this point probably of just just constantly going back and forth I'm like all right so how do they set this up how do how does this person set it up what's the benefit i think of there is a regulated return system any any better than not um and i will say 100 percent. i've gone through try on air and i've made decisions i was like all right well, i probably could have done this better this is probably a better option um and so i've i've made plenty of mistakes but it's yeah, filtering through the BS online is trying to gather information from as many sources as you can. And eventually, I think you'll start to see a pattern of where people are falling is what's the best. Yeah. Um, well, and it's ever-changing. So Yeah, yeah, it is. When it, when it comes to upgrades anyway, it, it definitely still changes. I'd say be willing. A lot of people, I get the impression from a lot of the comments I get and people direct messaging me, they'll message me before they even go and try to look online to see what they yeah. say. Cause I, I can go on and I can find the exact answer to their question in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And so be willing to put in the time. It's not fun to just sit there and read and skim through stuff and try to find information. And it's not always easy, but the information's out there. Be willing to try to learn. Uh, that's biggest advice. I, I get young kids asking me, Hey, I'm trying to buy a seven, three for my first truck. What would you recommend? I'm like, don't buy it unless you're willing to learn a lot, do the research and learn. And you're willing to work on it because otherwise you're going to be screwed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, being willing to learn, I think it's the, the big thing. So I have one question for you. How as a company like us, like, and I say by company, I mean like my passion at this point is like, we don't do any advertising hardly. I don't, I don't talk on Facebook about our company or anything. Like we've, um, what I strive to do every day, the reason we do build calls, like we schedule calls to just spend 30 minutes to an hour with anybody who wants to for free. Uh, why we post on YouTube, why we do this podcast, all of this. Some people may assume it's because we want to make more money, whatever. It is because we're a company and we have to exist. That's part of it. You're not going to be around if you don't. What I want is to, like, 
I'll put it this way. Facebook, we were very active on Facebook a couple years ago, like from the beginning coming up. And the problem was always that that's where everybody seems to go looking for information that that anyone who was there that was willing to share good information, um, they didn't want to listen to the answer because the answer was too long. Like mm-hmm. you said, like people aren't willing to do research. Um, and so I guess I can't fix that problem. I can't fix the problem of like somebody who doesn't care to do the research. I can't answer your questions for you. Like there's no way I can do it. Yeah. Um, but what we're trying to do is like, uh, you know, we fought that, fought that, fought that. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm, I'm not going to do Facebook anymore. I'm just done with it. And, um, cause it felt like it was just a waste of time. Like I'm, I'm wasting time helping people, uh, helping people also with the hope that they'll pay us for parts. Like that's part of it. Um, but helping people do stuff that are answer questions that they don't care uh, what the real answer is. They want to know the answer they came in with, you know, yeah. the they assumption wanna, they would do. They want to be confirmed of what they had in their head. Yeah, they want to be confirmed of previous assumptions. And um, so how how is a company, from your perspective, like somebody who understands YouTube, understands like trying to get into that, um, also understands um, like so, uh, somebody who's looking to build trucks, like who's been in that side, what can we do um, video-wise? What's a format that you can see that's useful? Uh, we've done these, like the build, uh, like pl- like the build videos and stuff, like trying to decide what to buy at power levels and everything. Yeah, do you find that to be useful or no? For me, I find it to be useful. I think it's hard to sit down and watch a 45 minute video of somebody walking through all the details of it. And I've seen it on my channel where I, I post an injector video of all the basic things you need to know about injectors. And Mm -hmm. it was probably close to 40 minutes and it's done well, but any chance any video over 10 minutes, you can see it start to take a hit on people's attention span. Um, I think for you guys, what I would, what I would love to see from you guys, I think would be if you had like a camera in the shop. And I know this is a pain in the butt to do because I do it myself. Yeah. But if you can produce a good quality video showing people how to install a certain part, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the whole build. It could be like this is the cam position sensor here's the kind of regular issues you run into it. If you're having these symptoms, take a look at this. Here's where it is. This is how you switch it out. Um, and the fact that you guys have the knowledge behind it and you have the shop aspect of your business, I think even if it was just one of your personal trucks coming in on a weekend every now and then or something and be like, hey, we're going to we're gonna pull the injectors out of my truck. It doesn't even need it, but we're going to show people how to do it. And it, mm-hmm. if you're able to put it into a very clean good quality video um and i i say it that way because there's tons of videos on how to do it most of them are shot on a razor cell phone and even my videos aren't great because it's it's a tedious thing to do um, especially yourself um but with your guys's resources i think if you're able to put out that good quality content and have it on your website of like, Hey, you just bought a set of injectors. We're going to include the link on your receipt to the video on how to change them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be for me, that would be super useful um, to see exactly how you're installing a certain part. Cause there's some custom parts out there that, I mean, some of them you can't even find a video on. Um, And it's hard to most manufacturers instructions are not very good Uh, they don't have great pictures or anything or it's just literally just all words and you're flying by braille figuring it out (laughs) but if you find a good quality video showing you how to install a part even if the engine's out of the truck just being able to see how everything is oriented um makes a huge difference for me at least Um, yeah so i think that's something that you guys could do and kill it with yeah. Well, and that's, that's, I guess, like, I've always struggled with that a little bit. Uh, like, ha- like making, like, titles for videos. 
Like I'm not, I don't want to make them clickbaity, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to make them legit to what they are. Yeah. Um, you know, before, you know, GDPR stuff, I, you know, we wouldn't automatically opt people into our email subscribe list and stuff like that. Like I just, we're just, I'm just a normal yeah. dude, you know, I'm just a guy who also hates the things everybody else hates and likes the things everybody else likes. And, mm-hmm. um, and it makes it kind of hard too, when you're like, well, I want to be very technical about this video. And it's like, well, then it's 45 minutes long. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to like figure out. Um, I mean, you've done it. You've done a lot of really good short videos. Just the few that I watched in the last week were pretty good. So I was curious about your opinion on that. But yeah, it, we'll it is it. a very, very tough battle to give people the information that you think they need or mm-hmm. that they actually do need and keeping it clear and concise and short. Yeah, and it is a... It's like, a, this is a one-week topic, not five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I can't remember what his name was. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a while ago. He was like Ron. He was a 7.3 mechanic, and he made a bunch of videos that were... Oh, Diesel Tech Ron? Diesel Tech YouTube Ron, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know and what his name was either. No, but his videos were all very to the point, just showing you step-by-step step what you were doing. Mm-hmm. But it was filmed 10 years ago. So the video quality is subpar. Yeah. Um, doing he's still that, got a ton oh, I of mean, people that, that learned from him. I learned from him. I've, I don't know how many videos I've watched of his, and they're yeah. awesome and they're informational. But being able to do that exact same thing, but with high definition footage and good mm-hmm. lighting, is changing the game. That's still something I'm struggling with: is getting that. Um, so. I think with your guys' platform, when you're selling things, somebody's already bought it. You're not shoving information down their throat. They bought a set of injectors. They're going to be installing them. Mm-hmm. Why not give them a link showing them step-by-step how to do it? Um, yeah. yeah. I love the idea. I want to do that. When we get in right now, so the weird thing right now is the last year, uh, I have been working from home, actually, uh, my whole online team has been working at my guest house we set it up as an office there you go because <laughs> our new shop is not we don't have a good office space but we are moving and i do 100 percent plan to do a lot of that stuff once we move into the new place um, yeah i know case casey has started to do some of it where they're starting to make more videos and mm-hmm. they're good quality but they're inconsistent and not exactly the most common subjects i would recommend some of them mm-hmm. have been useful like their boost checker video I thought it was great. I watched it. Um, I want one of their boost checkers, but I didn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen a couple of your your guys' posts online about the shop issues and growing pains suck. Um, yeah, but you'd be a pain. It's life. Growing pains are good, but they just. Suck. So I have to ask because you obviously I want to end this pretty soon because I want to keep them around an hour, but. <laughs> Uh, and that's hard to do because you start talking and you can go forever. And uh-huh. the conversations usually get better as they get longer. But um, So uh, you have to edit your videos. And I know you mentioned you use a Mac. Do you use Final Cut? No. I am... Do you use Premiere? No, I use iMovie. I am so, what? so basic. Um, <laughs> that's pretty basic. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's... I've told myself countless times, like, I need to go and learn Final Cut Pro because it's going to make my life easier. And wouldn't make it easier. <laughs> no. I edit every single video on iMovie, and that's been a video a week for the last two years I've been doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's one more thing. This applies to making videos for YouTube, applies to truck stuff, whatever. Like, I think, I think it applies to almost everything. It's like, there's a lot of tools out there. Like maybe the tools and the problem. Um, Cause we talk about the aspect of people who don't like want the answer or don't care about the real answer, or whatever. There's a lot of people like you or I or whatever that just like overthink everything. Um, and <laughs> uh, like in my case, my overthinking is like, uh, what tools do I need? Like I'll go buy, you know, whatever it is I need to do to do the thing I should do. Like what's the best thing. And, uh, the best thing doesn't mean much when you could do the exact thing you're doing on something simple. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've but, used, it's better, better than probably iMovie, but 
I've used Caden Live, which is like an open source, another open source, you know, free program for video editing. And I just started using Final Cut, um, which I bring that up because you said you had a Mac earlier, but um, we were talking on the phone. Yeah. And uh, man, it is complicated. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I've heard. That's why I have not made the jump yet to take on that learning curve. I'm just like, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's going pretty smoothly right now. I don't know if I want to make my life harder before it gets easier. Yeah. Yeah, open shot, final cut, like the the simpler programs. It's I should have just stuck with them. Yeah, but yeah, I I catch myself all the time thinking like, all right, I I'm gonna if I buy this next tool, it's gonna make my life easier and I'm gonna be more successful. And I yeah. I catch myself in that trend all the time. And sometimes like shop tools, if you have the right tool, it makes your life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. There's no arguing that. But like, I am running a Canon fifty. That's a high-end consumer camera and mm-hmm. a i'm looking at a thousand dollar setup in front of me right now that i film my videos on mm-hmm. and i remember when i was buying i'm like i'm gonna get this it's gonna be awesome and then after i got it, i realized i'm like man this video quality still sucks because i'm not good with it and <laughs> then i look out and i see a channel using a gopro that's only used a gopro their entire channel and they're at a million and a half subscribers i'm like all right i need to constantly remind myself that it's more it about matter. what you create and what you put into it than all the fancy tools you're using to do it. If you can yeah. put them all together, you can be a gigantic channel, but the tools are not the hard part. It's creating the good quality stuff. That's the hard part. Yeah. What's the guy? Is it Seth? It's not Seth McFarland. He's an actor. Um, who's the, who's like the, the gas guy. He's always in, he's the, uh, I don't remember his name. He's a he's like a goofy, like super tall uh, oh, something um, McFarlane. Um, he's an auto guy. He's always at racetracks. He's doing car stuff. I can't remember his I can't name remember right his now. Name. But. Anyway, a lot of you probably know who I'm talking about. But he's a. I mean, the dude. He's like what, 13 million subscribers on YouTube. I don't even know how many. Three million, however many, like a lot. Um, his videos are crap. Like, I don't appreciate the personality either, but like he's popular and, uh, uh, it doesn't, it's just a matter of being willing to go out there and share the right stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, and there's also another thing to be said that sometimes the mainstream stuff that you know is going to be more successful. It's just not something you want to do. And some channels are totally fine doing that and power to them because they're more successful than I am. But I am trying to stick to the concept that I'm happy with the content I'm making and I'm not Mm. just trying to get views to get views. I'm not going out there and ripping a burnout up and down my entire neighborhood to piss off my neighbors because I know it'll get a lot of views. Um, Trying to stick to my morals here and letting the the stuff grow as it will because it will and it has. So, Yeah. Well, you've – I feel bad about getting the numbers wrong earlier. But you've done, subscriber-wise anyway, uh, in six months, what it took a year and a half to do, uh, almost. So yeah. I would say that's, you're doing good, and I appreciate your morals. Yeah. But we do have to cut this off. Yeah, we'll cut it off before we put people more people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that, but I appreciate you coming on, man. And, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. If you ever want to have me back, shoot me a message. I'd be happy to. We'll do it again. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you haven't seen 1023, check them out because they're an awesome company to work with, and they don't pay me anything. I've given them a lot of money, though. (laughs) (laughs) We only only deal with – we only have uh, uh, guests that join that have paid us a a certain amount of money. Yeah. (laughs)